This podcast is sponsored by LiveProducersOnline.com, a community of Ableton Live users connecting you to the pros to learn today's music production. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ableton Live Music Producer Podcast. I am your host, Dan Giffen, and today we have a very, very special guest, and I'm thankful he was able to take time out of his schedule to join us. His name is Matt McCoy. Uh, Matt is a certified trainer for Ableton, and he is also a well-known singer-songwriter from Chicago. He's also the founder of Loop Community, and Loop Community provides a variety of products and services to artists that are performing their music live, specifically with churches from around the world. Uh, Some of Loop Community's most well-known products include the Loop-Demus foot controller, which I absolutely love and use regularly. Uh, they also create Prime and Multitracks. Uh, Loop Community has also partnered directly with record labels and music publishers to provide a community uh, with the largest collection of fully licensed tracks for many churches and other artists. So without further ado, thank you, Matt, for joining us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. It should be a good time for sure. Um but before we dive into more about Loop Community and all the cool stuff that you've created uh, for artists, like I just mentioned, uh, I kind of like to start out and just ask you, tell us a little bit about your musical background. Everybody has a story, and how did you get started producing music? Yeah, totally. So I grew up as a pastor's kid, and uh, so I was always around church music my whole life. Yeah. And when I was probably 12, I started playing guitar and you know playing at our church and at that point i hadn't started using any sort of recording software until i went to college and a buddy of mine introduced me to reason i got into reason and i just started programming tracks because i thought it was just so cool that you could implement like electronic sounds you know while playing acoustic guitar sure and then a couple years later uh, another friend of mine introduced me to live and that was it was live version two back in like 2003 or so. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was like the legacy Ableton Live. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, he introduced me to that, and I thought, I my mind was blown. I thought it was so cool. Um, just like session view, like being able to trigger loops, you know, on the fly. You know, because before with Reason, I was just bouncing out a track and playing along with the track from start to finish. Right. But Live actually let me, you know, be spontaneous with the tracks and the loops. So I was sold at, you know, from then on, and I've been a Ableton user since. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I can re- totally relate to you in that sense. I, you know, I started out in GarageBand, and it was the same thing. Performing live, you just hit play, and there you go. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You better hope that it all goes and works all the way through, because you're not really able to do much other than hit play and just go all the way through. I also loved the idea of just being able to use the same software for, re- for creating and for performing. Because yeah. before it was like, you know, make them in reason, export them, and then play them out of, you know, iTunes or some sort of MP3 player. But with Ableton Live, I was able to actually create music in arrangement view or session view and then actually perform it right out of there as well. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a very creative workflow, absolutely, in so many different ways. You can really do whatever you can imagine. Right. Cool. Well, uh Kind of going off of that with some of your musical background, uh, is there an inspirational quote that you love that you would want to share with our listeners before we go into some other stuff? Oh, man, there's so many. I, I'm i a big Steve Jobs fan. So okay. one of 
I mean, there's a lot of quotes by him that I really love, but one of my favorites is that simple can be harder than complex. You have to work hard to get your thinking clean to then make it simple. And I, I relate to that a lot just in developing products for Loop Community because a lot of what we do at Loop Community is take complex things and try to make them simpler for people. Yeah. So, so just the idea of running tracks or MIDI controllers and that kind of thing, we just try to make a simpler way. And, um, and it's hard because it is a complex thing. I mean, running tracks live is not a, a super simple concept. Yeah. So you are taking a complex thing and making and having to try to figure out how to make it simple. And I love the problem solving side of that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I totally agree with you. Simple is better. You know, in the world of like so many different plugins and sounds and different, you know, workflows as far as pulling off your live performance and, you know, which controller should you use, what software is right for you, you know, how do you play your instruments live? You know, simple is better. There's always like 600 means to an end when it comes to performing live music or even just recording and producing and creating. But, you know, simplicity is key. So that's good. I'm, I'm right. going to share that quote, man. Yeah. True. And then you have to really work hard to actually get your thinking clean so that you can actually work simple. Like I used to know, I knew this guy who was a graphic designer that I worked with. And, you know, he would try to design stuff really clean and simple. But what he would tend to do is just kind of just keep adding layers and layers and layers and making it really dirty looking. And it was almost like by the end, it was just like, well, that's that was like his intention was just like, well, we're just going to do like this really dirty grunge look. Right. But really it was because it was actually a lot harder to make a simple graphic than it was to make a grungy, dirty look. Right. You know? know? Yeah. No, that's true. You know, it's like when you clog a toilet with too much toilet paper, you know, you (laughs) only shove so much in there before it just gets dirty and complicated. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I think the same thing applies with music. Sure. And to kind of like jump ahead a little bit, you know, that's one thing I love about the products you guys create with Loop Community. You just briefly mentioned trying to make complicated things more simple. And I found that to be very true, specifically with uh, Looptimus, your foot controller. Right. Um, do you want, and I use that all the time, and uh, I, I find that it's my favorite, personal, personally my favorite foot MIDI controller that's on the market. And I've used a lot of different ones out there. Um, do you just kind of want to briefly go into maybe how you got started developing products? Yeah, well, Loop Community started out of a need um, for a place to actually find tracks for songs. So I was playing music at a church, and I needed a track for a specific song. And so I was making my own tracks, and a lot of guys were doing that at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, and Loop Community kind of came out of this idea of, like, you know, there needs to be a website where you could go and just search for a song that we're playing at church and then you could just download it. Like even cooler than that would be what if I could upload tracks that I make and every time they sell, I make money. So it's kind of a marketplace where people could share the work that they're creating. Sure. So that was really the first product, I guess that we developed and it was really just a marketplace for selling tracks. And, you know, it, it was a complicated thing to get into though, because we wanted to also make sure that everything was being licensed legally right you know because people are uploading cover songs um and we knew that people either a wouldn't know how to license them or b would 
say they licensed them and then didn't actually license them. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. <laughs> so it was really important to us at the very beginning to cover the licenses. So that's something that we actually do. And that's something that really sets us apart from most distribution platforms. Because even yeah. if you sell something on iTunes, like iTunes doesn't cover the license for you. Like you have to go get that yourself. Yeah. So we actually, you know, manage and obtain all the music licensing on behalf of the guys who are selling their tracks on our site. Yeah, man. And that's huge because I've personally tried to track down publishers or the, the copyright owners for different songs that I've remixed even, and it can be a challenge, you know, and it's mm -hmm. like, it's game of cat and mouse. Who's the right person to talk to Will they actually respond to my email? Like <laughs> so doing, you know, really, I mean, having, having all that work done for you, as far as getting the rights and permissions to be able to play out songs, whether you're remixing them or whether, you know, in the church community, you're just wanting to play, you know, the backing tracks and make them your own. You guys have created a good platform for people to be able to do that. Yeah, that's what, that's what we're really passionate about doing. And so, yeah, just the music licensing part of it was a whole learning curve in its own. You know, I don't have a law background or anything, but I've found myself, you know, having to write up agreements and review agreements and deal with a lot of that kind of stuff. So it's really fun, though. And, um, yep. and then after that, that's when the Looptimus actually came into play. Because okay. we, we uh, you know, I, was, I became an Ableton certified trainer and had a lot of guys come to me and saying like, Hey, like how can I control, you know, Ableton live if I'm a guitar player and I don't have my hands free. And the thing is, is, you know, Looptimus is not anything that's, it's not like there's nothing like it that exists. I mean, there's tons of MIDI controllers out there. Sure. There's tons of MIDI foot controllers and there were at the time. And so I kind of started going through different MIDI controllers and I would recommend them to people. And, but then what would happen is like these guys would start using it and then they would get stuck because they have to like install drivers or they have to like program the controller to get it to work. Right. And so then they were emailing me and being like, Hey, you recommended this controller to me, but how do I do this? How do I do this? It's so complicated. And I got so tired of spending my life supporting all these controllers that were pretty complicated. Yeah. Um, a lot of these controllers like can do tons of stuff, but that's if you can figure out how to do it, <laughs> how to actually use it. Sure. And two, most guys don't need, you know, 80% of what these things can actually do. So that's where I was like, you know what, we need to, let's just develop our own controller. Yeah. That's really easy. That That's really easy. Like no software, no drivers. Yeah. And it may not have all the bells and whistles that these other controllers have, but it's going to give you, you know, the, the features that you actually need. For, right. So... You know, so we so the, the controller really reaches like a very specific market, and that is, you know, we focused it directly for guys who are leading worship at their church. But what's cool is that we've actually seen that controller end up on a lot of different stages, not just churches. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, like all, I mean, all over, we've seen it. Like it was on Good Morning America, with some artists, and MTV Music Awards, and it's been pretty cool yeah no and it's it goes back to the whole model of simple is better there's nothing crazy special about right. Luptimus, but it gets the job done and in the end of the day that's all we want you right. know i used i used when i was configuring my live setup years ago i was using the fcb controller 
And there's a ton of stuff you can do with that, and it's a beast. But you have to install, like, a driver, and if you want to hack it and map it to Ableton Live, you kind of have to get in the brain and, like, dig it up a little bit right? and, and do some configuring. And, and, you know, there's other controllers out there, like you have the McMillan Soft Step. And I found, you know, that's also very simple, but it was, like, stepping on, like, silly putty. And, like, whenever I pushed it, I would find sometimes it would re-trigger. Right. And, and that's why I love the, the Looptimus, because... the buttons are very defined like if you if you step on it with your foot you know you're hitting it yeah we that was important that we made it feel like a guitar pedal right and i love that because you know when you're pushing your foot on it you know or even like hitting it with your hand you know when that button's going down and up you know and it and it's easy to map like you just straight up plug it in usb or midi and it's, it's ready to go and you know ableton live or even logic um, or uh, what, pretty much whatever else you want to, to do any kind of mapping with with MIDI. Uh, I also love how you guys included an expression pedal option, so people can plug in like an expression pedal and and be able to plug in other pedals as well to work inside of it. So it's right, simple right. but very powerful and useful. So I want to say thank you for creating that for me and a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> it makes life better. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, we also we came out with a little one too, a I three button that. controller. Yeah, it's a little baby. Looped little baby one. Yeah. And it's, it's very yeah. simple. I mean, it's like stupid simple. <laughs> I mean, you plug right. it in via USB, and it just gives you three MIDI notes. Sure. One, two, three. And that's, you know, it may not do, you know, everything all these other MIDI controllers do, but it does what you need it to do. It, you know, exactly. In the end of the day, that's, that's really all that matters. As far as Ableton Live, you know, you're a certified Ableton Live trainer. What are some other hurdles that you have seen with artists trying to configure their live setup? <laughs> oh, man. A couple of things run through my mind. The first thing is the number one support request we get is I put all my tracks into Ableton Live and none of them are lining up. They're not yeah. syncing together. Yeah. And the answer to that is live preferences, turn off auto warp long samples. Yep. Absolutely. That's definitely our number one <laughs> support request. <laughs> yeah, I can it's, see that. It's an automated response now. Um, something that actually we've been getting a lot of is guys who are wanting to run videos inside of session view, cause you can run videos in arrangement view, but right. session view doesn't let you, but there is a third party plugin that I found recently called video sync. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. It's really cool. Um, okay. the web address, honestly, I can't remember it cause it's really long and sure. I have no idea what it is, but if you just Google Ableton video sync, okay. um, there's a plugin that works really great and it lets you run video in session view as clips. So oh, you can just really cool. drag video videos in as clips and it, it's pretty awesome actually. So as you're changing scenes, it automatically changes to the next video feed. Exactly. In Ableton's video window that it has popped. Yep. Yep. That's super cool. Yeah, and you can drag that video to like an external monitor and make it full screen. You know, so guys are using that in their live performance with a video, you know, back on the screen behind them. That's cool. And you've been able to do that in a range of view, but there are guys who want to do it in session view, and this is the way to do it. Right. No, dude, I'm, thank you for sharing that. I will probably end up using that. That's really cool. I just did a quick Google right now, and it says videosync.showsync.info, I believe is the website. It runs up to 4K resolution, it looks like. Um, and it could be yours for the price of 249 euros. So okay. 149 euros, whatever that converts. So that's like 300 US dollars or something. Something like that. Yeah, but if you do so, a lot of video, that could be really powerful. It's expensive, but it works really well. Sure, dude. That's awesome. If you're into video. 
you know, whether you're in a church or whether you're playing your own show out as your own, you know, project artist, I think having that live visual element is so key and so powerful with technology today. You're seeing that more shows, even in tiny little venues. So I, that's a really good tip. That's super cool. Yeah. And churches. Yeah. Video sync, check it out. And then church, you know, a lot of churches are too wanting to automate, you know, their lyrics, their pro presenter or PowerPoint. Sure. So we do a lot with like the IAC driver and there's a lot of potential there, but that's what's, that's, what's cool about Ableton live is that you really can, you really can enhance the live performance side of it on all aspects, not just audio, but with visual. Yeah, absolutely, man. That is very true. That's cool. Um, so what are some other Ableton live features that you find really great for like music production or performance that you use, whether it's for your church or for you personally as an artist? Right. Well, so when I use live, live, I actually use session view, probably 98% of the time use session view. Cool. Um, and that's actually because I don't really have a need. I, I really like session view because I can uh, just put all my songs in there and I just run through the song from start to finish usually. Okay. Um, so I don't really need, you know, the need for a range of view to like kind of fade in different things and, sure. you know, do automations, but I mean, they're both, but they're both awesome. So I'm, I use session view a lot. I think for creating music, I mean, live 10, the new features in live 10, I think my favorite feature is capture. Yes. Um, yes. for making music capture is pretty, pretty killer. Um, it is because you don't have to be recording the whole time. Like you can just have a click going, be playing. And you know, when you're noodling around, I mean, how many times have you been noodling around and you like, forget the idea? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Or you always seem to have your best take when you're not hitting the record button. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why? Well, I think, yeah, I know. And it's I think true. they knew that. And I think they knew that because there's like, there's pressure, you know, when right. you've got the record switch on. Yeah. And so for now those you just... of you listening, that's, that's just for MIDI, not audio. So, right. But, but yeah, no, it's still a great feature, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love that. Do you, uh, do you want to walk us through, um, maybe like you mentioned, you perform live in session view. Do you want to walk us through from start to finish, like how you set up a live set? You don't have to go super deep into detail, but just kind of walk us through your process of say, you've got a couple of these songs, you've already produced them. How would you go about setting them up to perform them live? Totally. So I keep all my songs really organized in folders you know, all, you know, within a shortcuts reach in, in the, um, live file browser. And so I open up a new session. First thing I do, I make an audio track. I delete all the other audio, all the other tracks. So I delete the two MIDI tracks that come in there. I have one audio track. I name it band cues. And that's usually where I put in my, my, uh, my song guide, like verse two, three, four. Sure. And I, uh, drag in my stems, um, from the shortcut menu for that song. And I'll bring in, you know, I'll hold that command shift to select everything and then drag all the audio files over at once. Okay. And then hold command, drop them in horizontally. It creates tracks for me. Um, And so I use a scene per song. So scene one would be song one. And um, I don't usually bother with even naming the tracks. Like I don't name them bass, drums, guitars. I just drop in all the stems. Okay. And then I do that for the next song. Scene two is song two. And then... And then scene three is song three. Track one, though, is always my band cues. But everything else is usually is mixed around. Yeah. Because um, most of the time, I'm actually not using an interface. I used to use an interface where I was routing, you know, eight different channels out. Okay. So, like, guitars out channel two and keys out channel three. And, 
you know, synths out channel four, percussion right. channel five. Um, I was doing that because it really is really good for the sound guy. Cause then the sound guy can actually mix those instruments instead of me doing it. Right. Yeah. It gives them more control. Totally. And every room is different, right? You know, your speakers at home when you're producing, are not going to sound like a yeah. large venue or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't know if it's a combination of the, I just, I got lazy or I think it's that more of, I travel a lot and play. Okay. And so I just didn't want to carry around an interface. I didn't know what kind of sound system I'm walking into as far as, you know, can they even accept eight inputs? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if I were playing at the same place every single weekend, like a lot of our guys on our site do, then I probably would definitely set up a interface. Yeah. And route. So I would group all my tracks together into groups like guitars and percussion and synth and then send each group out its own output. So quick question. You said that you have all of your cues on track one, right? Um, right. If you're not using interface, I'm assuming you're going aux out from your computer directly. Right, right. And how would you? How do you split those cues from not going out to the house then? I go to external. So I um, set channel one. So I set track one to go to output one of my headphone jack so i just pan the i don't even i don't use the pan knob i just tell the track one to go out of the left hand side of my headphone jack okay and then all my tracks like all my instrument tracks i send those to the master and then i tell the master to go out output two which is the right hand side of your headphone jack okay i got you so you just split that signal then yeah out of okay so i mean honestly i'm keeping it really simple but, simple's better, right? We've yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it works. And honestly, I don't hear a massive audio difference. I'm sure the sound guy cares because <laughs> yeah. he, he can't control it. But. Right. Yeah. So you don't really even need a sound guy. It's like, you know what? You can just go home. We got this, <laughs> take, we got this taken care of. Right. Just turn it up. Yeah, sure. That's all you got to do. It's easy. Exactly. But that's what's cool about live is that there's so there's like a million ways to do the same thing. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it, I've used Logic and GarageBand and Pro Tools, and I've said this in previous podcasts, but I find Ableton to be the most creative platform for just performance or production or anything, really. Yeah, it's absolutely. I know that, man. It's, it's brilliant. It's so absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other favorite? I know you, we talked about the loop to miss, and we've talked about you know, uh, you know, multi track and some of these things. But are there any other commercial MIDI controllers or music apps that are readily available out there that you have fallen in love with or that you like? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So there's a couple things that come to mind. Uh, two things are ours, and one is the obvious. I'm sure you guys have talked about it on this podcast before, but the push. Yes. I think is an incredible controller for creating music. I haven't used it live, um, but in creating music, the push is, I mean, hands down the best. I think the controller for use with, with using with Ableton live. Yes, I would a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. The, in the push Two controller, I was actually talking with, uh, Matt Moldover in the previous podcast and we did a push Two podcast with uh, my friend, Ben Spoker. Um, but but absolutely, man. I find it's better for production in the studio, even though you could use it for live performance. Right. I think, you know, intuitively, it's just a phenomenal production thing, whether you have experience uh, with music theory or just music production at all. Like, it's just, it's a brilliant way to start creating really quick. Yeah. You re- it really makes you feel like you're creating, which I think is what is so important. Like, some controllers are just so boring. Yeah. There's something about the push that, I mean, it just... Uh, the way they the way they designed it just makes you really feel like you have a lot of freedom. Yeah, so, I totally agree. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And the push, there's the push one, which I believe came out about six years ago. Um, and then the push two came out in the last two years or so. And, and the push two, I would say is a completely different controller than the push one. I mean, they upgraded a lot, and especially with the update of Live 10, you can really get into the brain of Ableton to the point of, really, you don't need to touch your computer. You can just kind of you know, <laughs> just finger around on it, and, and, you know, your computer can be in the next room. It doesn't even matter. Right. Yeah, it's pretty sure. awesome. That's great, man. The other thing that I think is uh, really fun is something that we, we – another product that we sell, and the, we sell patches, and it's a section of our website that we call Sound Park. And – Kind of like how we had a marketplace where people could upload and sell their tracks and stems. Sure. We created a marketplace where people could upload and sell patches that they make. So, and they're song-specific patches. So it's kind of cool because you could search a specific song and then download patches that work with that song. So if you're looking for like a a lead line, you know, a synth sound that is very specific to like a Hillsong song or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. You can find those. And for different software, like Omnisphere or that's awesome. Ableton Live. That's fantastic. So these are, so just kind of help me understand and our listeners. So if I wanted to have basically, you know, one instrument stem, like you said, like a synth line or a pad or something, yeah. I could grab this patch and this patch um, would allow me to use like a different Ableton instrument or like a VST but it's going to have the same like MIDI notes that I'm basically just converting inside Ableton. Okay. That's a good question. Yeah. So it's not a track. It's not a, it's not a performance you're buying. You're actually just buying the sound. So think of it as like a preset, like a, uh, like an Instagram filter, Sure. you know, like, okay. We're basically giving you like the filter or the sound preset that you can use and you'll still have to play the part. Okay. Gotcha. But the part will, but the sound the tonal sound of it will sound like, you okay. know, this. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, you're basically creating presets of sounds that people right. load in and create with. That's very cool. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing I'm, I'm really pumped about is, um, we, we had a lot of users, um, who wanted to use tracks in live performance and, but they didn't want to learn software or they didn't want to buy it or Ableton was just too complicated for them. Sure. So someone like my dad, you know, like he's not going to learn Ableton live, but you know, he plays guitar and he wants to play along with a band. And so we created a really easy app for iPhone and iPad and Mac called prime. And it's a free app for running tracks in live performance. And it's kind of just like a good, like baby step into the world of tracks. If you're brand new to it and maybe Ableton live seems really daunting to you. Like this is a good, like baby step in. Yeah, and you can run that on the iPad or a mobile device as well, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no, and I know several large churches in the area in Indianapolis where I live use Prime, and they love it, you know, especially for onboarding. If you're working in a church or even if you're just doing backing tracks for live performance for a band, I mean, it can be a really cool way to, uh, you know, not have to spend all this extra time learning something like Ableton. If you just want something really simple and basic to just get results really quick, then yeah, I know that a lot of people that really find Prime use uh, very like um, user-friendly, just and simple to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We were trying to make it simple again. Cool. So awesome. Yeah. Well, Matt, those, those were the majority of the questions that I had for you. Um, 
if somebody wanted to find more about your own music or if somebody wanted to find out more about Loop Community, where can they find you online? Sure, you could just uh, search on Spotify or iTunes my name or um, just go to loopcommunity.com. Okay. And you'll find all of our products and all the things we do there. Yeah, so just to recap everybody listening, go to loopcommunity.com. Matt McCoy, that's uh, M-A-T-T-M-C-C-O-Y. Um, and definitely check out his stuff. Um, I'm excited, Matt, to see some of the new products and services you guys continue to roll out in the long-term future. I think you guys have an amazing product and service, uh, not only just for the church community that you have worked with currently and in the past, but I, you know, like I've said, like your uh, your Prime or your um, Looptimus foot controller and the, the little baby Looptimus Mini, I think, are great for artists just to be able to find that simple product and actually accomplish what they want to do for live performance. Or, you know, I even use the loop to miss even just for recording for uh, doing quick mapping with my foot as I'm doing maybe automation with a guitar or something. I just find it to be uh, really powerful, even just triggering vocal effects in real time. And I think you guys make great products. Uh, I want to thank you again for joining the podcast today, man. This has been really great. Um, we're out of time, but uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us before we go? Uh, no, I guess if you're interested in Looptimus, you can check out Looptimus.com. Okay, yeah. So Looptimus.com, Matt McCoy, everybody um, from Loop Community, and super talented artist, singer-songwriter, Ableton Live trainer. Thanks again, Matt, for joining us today, man. This has been really fun. Yeah, it has been really good. Thanks for having me. I I uh, love what you guys are doing. So, thank you, dude. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, uh, everybody that's listening, um, we are going to be launching a new site. And in previous podcast episodes, you've heard us talk about learnableton.online.com. However, we're rebranding at this point. So now you can um, visit the same URL um, redirected, but we will be launching this new online education membership community with a bunch of courses on Ableton Live and teaching you how to produce music in a lot of different ways from all different experience levels. And you can check all that out at liveproducersonline.com. So go to liveproducersonline.com. We're going to be launching the website and a bunch of different courses. That's going to be coming in April or the beginning of May, possibly, of uh, 2018. So go check that out, liveproducersonline.com, to help you guys take your music to the next level. Uh, Thanks again, Matt, for joining us, man. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back again another time. I'd love to, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Take it easy. This podcast is sponsored by LiveProducersOnline.com, a community of Ableton Live users connecting you to the pros to learn today's music production.